So my parents, they, they, I said, I have to go to Edmonton. They're like, whoa, we'll take a family trip. Okay. So let me tell you what was happening this morning. I got up on time. Okay. And my parents were like, we're going to take every time there's like a, every time they, we used to do a road trip as a family, mm-hmm. they would make stuff to take. Mm-hmm. Right. So this morning, we're making coffee. My mom's making salad. We're making sure we have the right cream. We're making sure that the ice is right. Like these, these two are extra. They know it's a three-hour drive, right? Yeah, it's only. Th- that's what I said. I'm like, it's only three hours. They're like, yeah, but you know, you know, my just pers- in case they don't like eating out. Mm-hmm. That's the whole thing. Mm. They are hardcore old school West Indians who like to eat at their home. They don't like to eat out. Mm-hmm. My dad has become that old school West Indian man who does not want to leave his home. <laughs> I appreciate that. My dad's the opposite. Like yesterday watching the election, he'd already had dinner and like halfway through the election results, he's like, I want some of that, that breaded fish stuff. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, the Greek thing with the fish. And I was like, <laughs> It took me about five minutes to realize he meant he wanted calamari. Oh! <laughs> so. I was thinking like some sort of fish, like. I I was just like, I was like, first of all, octopus is not fish, but fine. Um, <laughs> also, calamari is squid. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, so whatever. Anyway, same thing. Same difference. And so finally, like we ordered it and like he's just sitting there like eating his calamari, watching the election results. I'm like, Aw. I mean, Kelmar is great. Yeah, I was I mean, thinking he was thinking like a fish souvlaki or something weird like that. No, I mean, he did get me some hummus, so I was happy. I love that meeting your dad, I got it. And the banter know, right? between you and your dad is friggin' funny, and it's cute as hell. He is pretty adorable. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this reminds me of me and my parents. And you can see it starting, yeah, right? You can see. Yeah. I feel like our parents could become friends. I yeah. feel like this is the first step yeah. towards like best friendship for the Do parents. Do you know not everybody meets the Eiffels, right? Mommy Ooh. and Daddy Eiffel. This was And a your treat. parents were so huggy. It was very cute. They're very huggy people. I liked it. Yeah. 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 We're going to have to get a review on like what your parents thought about me and what my dad thought about you. That'll be the next pod. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> totally. Subscribers only. Yeah. Woo! Then we'll bring Philip on and he can read from his erotica novel. Philip is my dad, everybody. Philip. Philip. <laughs> I don't know how much of this we're going to use, but... Uh, you should use all of it. Okay. I think it's great. Yeah, this I can think be the it's cold great. Open? Yeah. Yeah, the cold open. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cold this open. could be a... Yeah. Like, honestly, I feel like, seriously, you're not anybody until somebody sues you for defamation. <laughs> I feel like we should make a song about that. You're nobody till somebody, somebody sues you for defamation. 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 Yeah. That's our ode to Tina Turner and suing. Shout out to Tina Turner. She was, by the way, Tina Turner was not recognized as the feminist she was. Tina Turner talked about domestic violence when literally nobody else was talking about that issue exactly. whatsoever. Exactly. And she mm-hmm. like she remade herself. Like I think about the fact that she was our age. 
when she came. We will not be obviously sharing what that age is. Um, when yeah, she obviously, obviously, when she came back and she became this like second act that was incredible, a superstar, an absolute superstar, a, a complete inspiration to to everybody. There is nobody like from when you go from like Mick Jagger and yeah. David Bowie to yes. Beyonce, the people yes. that she has inspired, and. What I think is also one of the most beautiful things about her life that we don't talk about as much is, you know, she had this horrible first relationship. She didn't call it a marriage, so I'm not going to call it a marriage because she called her second husband her one true marriage. And that man, that man loved the shit out of her. He gave her a kidney. Like he, she got to have that peace and that beautiful, happy ending that you kind of just always want when you look at, like I rewatched what love got to do with it. And I love that movie. I love that movie too. Like that scene where she runs to the to the hotel after Absolutely. escaping. Absolutely, yes. And she says, "Which is a real thing that name, actually happened." Yes, my name is Tina Turner. I only have what two uh, eighty cents and a it, mobile card. Yeah, something like that. Can you please give me a room? And, and she was bloodied. Yep. Yeah. And then in reality, what happened is that. Um, the owner not only gave her a room, but he gave her security at the door. Oh. And took care of her and and, and kept her there because she was actually in hiding for almost six months after the, after that wow. from Ike. Wow. And I think, you know, you, you look at what, what ferocity and passion and she just was such an icon for so many reasons. But I think a lot of it for us, especially for myself as a survivor of some of that, like you... You look at that and you see like it's never too late to create a second chapter for yourself and to escape so much of that and to be able Absolutely. to build this new life for yourself. And, you know, when I rewatched that movie, it all kind of hit me again. First of all, Angela Bassett also. I just want to say like I don't understand how her arms look like that. Like how are they so muscular? Does she, like what do you do all the time? Angela, Angela Bassett, Bassett lifts. Obviously. Yeah. Like I just I want her to have. I, I live like. Uh, most of my 30s has been spent like lifting right so I like have this like and I'm getting back into that and because it's just such a fucking powerful act well right? I want Angela Bassett to pull a Jane Jane Fonda and have a workout video I would <gasps> Ooh. like win an Oscar for that Angela Bassett like they robbed her I mean, they always do. She should have yeah. won for what's love got to do yeah. with it too. Yeah, I think they, she they lost her twice. I think she lost to like remains of the day, which yeah. no offense, Emma Thompson, because you were also great, but still, like, I think she lost to some sort of British yeah, drama. Yeah, Emma, Emma Thompson, like at the end of the day, what what's love got to do with it was a siren call mm-hmm. for sexual assault survivors. Yep, how they didn't give an Oscar for that is misogyny and misogynoir. Well, I mean, also, let's just say nobody won it. And Lawrence Fishburne did an amazing he job. He did. However, did you know that that's not the first time that they've been in a movie together? Ah! Boys in the Hood. Yes! I was going to say Boys in the Hood. Yes. Yes, because yes. they play a couple in Boys in the Hood. Yes. I think they're Cuba Gooding Jr.'s yes. parents in Boys yes. in the Hood. They're Cuba Gooding Jr.'s parents. Which actually doesn't seem fair because I don't think they're actually that much older than Cuba <laughs> I love what she says. Oh, or do you think we make babies for ourselves? <laughs> By ourselves, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. 
Yeah. Just Ang- everybody go watch she, all the Angela in Bassett. In that scene, she, like that scene exposed the racial elements, right? Mm-hmm. Of the single black mother. And that was incredible. Just that one scene, I like you get it, right? Angela Bassett, um, to me, is one of the greatest actresses of her generation. Absolutely, 100%. She doesn't give the get the flowers she deserves, but I'm glad she's still getting work because I feel like in the Black community, she's so revered. Mm-hmm. There are certain people, there are certain actors and actresses. That are, let's, let's just talk about active actresses because this is a feminist podcast. But I think of Nia Long. I think of Angela Bassett. I think of... And, and, you know, Gabriel Union, Gabriel, Gabrielle Union, like really strong, like women that go beyond their craft, mm-hmm. you know, and that's inspiring that they extend beyond their craft. Well, and I think the fact is that like Angela Bassett is someone who, when she walks onto your screen, whatever she's doing, you are hooked and I think, honestly, I think part of the reason she didn't win the Oscar is because there is also still, for everything else that I know that you you have said about it, I also think there's still just this really big snobby attitude yeah. towards Marvel movies. Yeah. And there is. Th- and I think that's part of it. And so, like, I haven't seen everything everywhere all at once. Um, Neither me. I, I just, I don't, something, I don't know, maybe COVID's ruined my ability to enjoy movies because I... <laughs> It's like it's like two and a half hours, and I'm like, ugh, that would take a lot of time. Everything um, all at once is two and a half hours. Yeah, it's like two and a half hours. Oh. Every every movie now is two and a half hours. Oh god, Erica, <laughs> they're all so long. Look, I watched The Irishman. Also long. You wasn't have to it stop. three hours? Yeah, you. Have, I stopped halfway in between and like napped. Like yeah. I was just like, this is too much. <laughs> There used to be a cutoff when uh, they had to split it between two VHS tapes. You yeah, know, that like was Gone a with the Wind movie. has an interlude. Yeah. Like, why can't we have intermissions in long movies anymore? I think it's probably because most people don't. I mean, I haven't been to a theater in forever. I don't even know the last time same, I went to a theater. Same, to be honest. Like, I think it's ruined for me because, and I feel bad for Sam because he's like, I thought we were going to talk about the Elbert election, and now we're just like, remember theaters? Um, yeah, and and Tina Turner and Angela Bassett, what? But yeah. we should talk. About I like all this conversation. But okay. like, I like now it's like, oh, I can pause it. I can go to the bathroom. I can have a snack. I can be disgusting and like just sit there and eat things loudly. And I don't have to worry. And I can talk to myself and fuck with my phone. And so there's a lot of things I think that like I kind of enjoy more about watching it at home. Yeah, definitely. So I don't know. I mean, sorry for anyone who's listening who's in the movie business who's like, you are costing me money. Well, mm, are they? <laughs> like, no. Also, uh, they need to pay their writers. They do. They do need to pay them writers. Because Succession mm-hmm. show, I, I love that the writers went on strike right before <laughs> the end of succession yeah to remind us what writers do and what they can do and how they're the backbone to the actual project well and i don't begin to like anyone can look at my household budget to know that math is not something that i math is difficult to quote our former premier jim prentice um rest in peace yes may he rest in peace uh but 
uh, when it comes to understanding like that, that model, I don't really understand exactly how it works with Netflix, but it is insane to me that you have people creating some of the best shows that we've ever seen and not seeing any money from it because of streaming. And yet the actors who have been for the most part, extremely supportive. They have, um, because they know the structure too. Yeah, right? absolutely. Mm hmm. And they're in their own union. And now they're looking Colin Farrell. at oh, my husband. By the way, I love Colin Farrell. Uh, he's mine. You cannot have him. I No, I will relinquish him. Thank you. Um, But I do appreciate Colin. By the way, as an aside. Yeah. Irish and black people. When it comes to the British <laughs> colonialism, we're like, we're like. Okay, stop trying to uh, sell me on how you should have Colin Farrell. I have wanted, <laughs> I have loved Colin Farrell for a very long time. Okay, I have seen the I relinquish. I have I seen really the wish. recruit like sixty times. I will have you know, he's so handsome, and I love his accent. Ugh. And he's a little. I mean, you know what I love about he's it? less damaged now, so he's not as much my jam. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> But still, like, I love it. <laughs> oh, Colin Farrell. Yo, yeah, real talk on this podcast. It's, yeah, real. <laughs> I know. Yes, I, I, I feel like that was the realist. The realist. So we should talk about the Alberta election. <laughs> we should. Yeah, we should. Yeah, we should talk about yeah. the Alberta election. Yes. Um, the it al- happened. This. <laughs> We are recording on the day after the election. I want people to know that because we have done work on this election, a lot of work on this election, that we will not be having any sort of podcast next week. You're welcome. Okay. So, Kristen. Yes. That fucking election. Yeah, man. Um, so first of all, uh, you know, uh, glasses up to uh, Elections Alberta, <laughs> who couldn't do much. They couldn't. Okay. So okay, Elections so, Alberta couldn't do what the hell their mandate is. But then they said there was no problem, which was my favorite part. I think that that actually was my my favorite part. This is exactly why people don't trust institutions. Yeah, their tabulators didn't work. And then they were like, no, it's fine. 72 out of 255 tabulators worked. Yeah, so... 70 fucking two. Yeah. So you know what happens after, if the tabulations don't work? Hand count. Yes, so uh, the election began in what is now my new favorite way to begin elections, which is they were showing one vote for some candidates. I hate that. Yeah, I know. It's great. Um, So like at the beginning, it showed like, oh, all these people were winning. I didn't understand. No one did. That's, okay, it was, so when you tweeted about it, I was like, okay, I'm not the only one because I didn't get it. I'm like, is it? What's this one business? No, and so I want to. <laughs> like, I want to also just be so clear. So, like, one vote. My biggest. Why are you even putting this on a screen? Exactly, it was stupid. And my biggest frustration about the way that that the media dealt with it, because it wasn't just elections, Alberta. It was media as well. So on the ticker underneath, yeah, it would have 
you know. And this um, is not this is not particular to any. Per- no, they all did it. They so all they all did suck. it. Yeah. So it was like, you which know. is which is basically my political strategy. They all suck. Yeah, I mean, uh-huh. yeah. So they would have like twenty five UCP, thirteen NDP. Now, in the U.S., when they were going through, for example, the um, the House races last year, right. They would have a uh, specific thing that would show leading mm-hmm. and elected. Right. So you would have, you know, 17 leading, two elected. Right. And so you were That's very clear. That's what they should have done. Yeah. You were very, very clear on who was actually announced as a winner versus who was just looking like they were doing well. I didn't get it. No, because no one did that because they just collapsed them all together and then were like, oh. Who knows? Because apparently we're too stupid to know the difference. Well, and so, I mean, it was also, I think, their their attempt to kind of figure out what to do, given that Elections Alberta was, like, taking forever. So, I mean, because, you know, why not and take forever? And all I heard was, oh, it's going to take a while. Oh, it's going to take a while. And I'm like, I'm sorry. What year is this? Banff Kananaskis didn't get called till 2 a.m. What? Yeah. I, w- I went to bed thinking Miranda Rosen won, and I woke up seeing the NDP one. So it well, call- it didn't make a difference on it. Uh, listen, it makes a difference. It, okay, it does make a difference. Tell me because- how. So going so when we talk about rural votes, when we talk about <gasps> the way that the election has turned out, so Banff Kananaskis was a riding that went NDP in 2015. Hold on, mm-hmm. is this a rural? Riding, yes. Okay, Banff, Banff Kananaskis. It's a rural riding. Yeah. It's okay. In, in the mountains. Yeah, so, but it's Banff. It's still considered rural. Okay. So it went NDP in 2015. It went UCP in 2019, and now it's gone back to the NDP. Right. This was one of those must-win flips for the NDP. Um, there were a couple others: Lethbridge East, Mournville, Saint Albert, that they weren't able to flip. Saint Albert, they didn't flip. No, no, Saint Albert, they got Mournville, Saint Albert. They got Mournville. Oh, yeah. Saint Albert is split. Yes. Okay. So, I mean, there were uh, ridings. This is the ridings that the NDP kind of had to win. So, including what's called the Edmonton Donut. So, the Edmonton Donut includes ridings that what surround. What the fuck is a donut? I will tell you. Okay. They a delicious riding... treat with a hole in the middle. They... <laughs> and the hole is orange. Um, so, they. These are the ridings that kind of surround Edmonton. Mm-hmm. So, it's St. Albert and Mournville, St. Albert, which so are So, the both... suburbs? The suburbs, yeah. So, it's St. Albert, Mournville, St. Albert, Strath, uh, Short Park, Strathcona County, Short Park. Uh, Leduc Boma, but that doesn't really count because that was never in play. Um, so there's a bunch of these kind of different. I know Sherwood Park Crow was in play. Yeah. Um, so there was a couple that the NDP were really eyeing in terms of ones that they wanted to get. So and which were those? Sherwood Park. Um, I know. Strathcona yeah. County Sherwood Park. I might be getting that wrong. No, um, no, no, no. You were right. Because- Lethbridge, Lethbridge East, and then Banff Kananaskis is another one that is not unfortunately right outside Edmonton. I wish it was because that would be very convenient for my travel plans. But Banff Kananaskis obviously is the Banff National Park and right. areas around that park. So those uh, are uh, uh, uh. for people who don't know. That is west of Calgary. If you don't know where Banff is, I feel very bad for you. You should go. Yeah, Banff is amazing. Tourism Alberta, baby. To- give us some money, yo. Um, no, they should give you money from Banff. My Banff memories. Um, Yo, Banff is free. Listen, okay? I'm going to stop here. Banff is fucking amazing. Driving from Calgary to Banff 
is motherfucking amazing. And you know why? Because Mother Nature is right there in your fucking face. It is and also nice if you beautiful. don't want to swear as well. It's because I think we we need to like do a family friendly version of that, Erica. So it can be like driving from Calgary to Banff is a delightful experience for both your children and your grandparents. Delightful. Anyway. See, I I I provide the 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 color accent. commentary. That's right. Yes, mm-hmm. and I white it down for you, <laughs> but I black it up for you. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like that movie with Woody Harrelson and I Wesley know. Snipes. I know, but for podcasts. Yo, is it white men can't jump? Yes, yes. But like white women can't podcast. I don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, men can't podcast. No, but yeah, no, no, they can't anymore. There's too no, many of them. No, no, no. Not I you, heard, Sam. You're fine. No, I Sam, don't have you're to fine. Be here. Sam, Sam, we're good. I know. Also, okay. I want our audience good. to know that we're doing this in person for the first time, which is why <gasps> the dynamic probably just sounds even so much more delightful. Okay, I I'm. Don't I, want- I am looking into Kristen's blue eyes she right is. now. She is. And and it's actually quite say, intense. It is. But 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 like the reason is I have intense eyes. I'm sorry. Um, no, I'm not sorry. Fuck it. Um, but I'm like, I'm looking at you and you I'm are. like, eyeliner, eyeshadow. Bring out the blue. All I'm thinking is purple eyeshadow. I mean, I, d- I didn't wear a lot of makeup for you because I felt like you would be okay with that. But no, now I'm okay I feel with like that. you're judging. No, 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 no. no. Now. No, 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 no. I used to be a makeup artist at one point. Do you want to put makeup on me? I want to put makeup on you and put like. Will it be orange or blue? No. Oh, God, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I do not want to put on orange. No, it We're would not going to color code for the election. Probably violet for your brown hair. But your blue eyes. Hmm. I'm loving your eyes right now. Thank you. They are actually my best, <laughs> second best feature. <laughs> um, any hoodle. So, <laughs> I love your any hoodles. <laughs> so the uh, the election. Uh, so all oh, right. So they lost two out of those four that they kind of wanted. They didn't. They only got one in Sherwood Park. They didn't get Mornville St. Albert. They didn't get Lethbridge East. They did get Banff. Like I said, at two o'clock in the morning. So. But really, other than that, they were mostly shut out of rural Alberta. So what is it that rural Alberta needed to hear, needed to see, that the NDP did not provide? So to answer that question, I'm going to take us all back into history. Okay. I'm going to take us back to Bill 6. Bill 6 what year was, was the this? farm bill that the NDP introduced in 2016. Okay. Oh, no. 2015. Okay. After they became government. Okay. What it was, was changing rules around um, WCB on family owned farms. What's WCB? uh, Workers compensation. Okay. So basically the way that, the way that it had traditionally worked uh, was, you know, I mean, you have friends who, I mean, I don't really know about farms to be very clear. Just so everybody, just in case this is a shock to anyone, (laughs) I've very rarely been to a farm. (laughs) Um, but how it been generally worked was that people would, you know, have their children or their friends and family come work on their farms and then they would go work on their farms and it was so, a whole farm. So basically thing. it's like WSIB in Ontario. Yes. Okay. So the idea being that, uh, they would then increase the coverage for these folks. 
which really didn't make sense within the way that the structure works for How a lot of these people. So? so it's very informal, like I said. Like mm-hmm. it's like basically, I'm trying to think of like an urban example. No, because you can't give an urban example. This is it's like if if Sam helped me move, okay. Mm-hmm. So Sam, in his delightful adorableness, and his wife and a bunch of my friends helped me move. Shout out to Sam. Shout wife. out to Sam. Kelly's the greatest. And Kelly, 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 you rock. Anyway, it would be like if when Sam came to help me move, mm-hmm. I had to pay insurance for Sam to do that. What? That's basically how Bill <sighs> Six operated. But isn't this how progressives at like at like do Paul like this is what they do? It basically, what it was is it was like a good but, idea. But you know what yeah, I mean? No, I know exactly what you mean. It comes right? from a good place, but then it's implemented terribly. Because they don't understand the structure yes. within which it operates. Yes. Because I can see an informal structure being like, you come work on my land, I'll come work on yours. And that is the way rural works. Yep. Rural does not work. From my exper- my limited experience... I think of rural like community, right? Yep. And in in Alberta, that's a lot of what it is, is it yeah. not? Yeah, in rural Alberta, yeah. In rural Alberta. So here's my thing. This is what progressives do all the time, and I'm not sure if Rachel Notley is even pro- progressive at this point. That's um, a whole other podcast. Yeah, that's... Um, Actually, it... I have questions about the left in this country and the collapse of the left because the, the left has collapsed in this country. And the left has collapsed, number one, because they focus on fucking cities. Number one, right? It's all about cities. I don't know what their strategy is for rural communities. And I've gone to sort of meetings of whatever and people in rural communities are always like we're trying to do this but they're on their own right Mm -hmm. and my problem with the left is that they don't support those people they don't they don't support people who are doing the first of all they don't support people who are doing work in urban communities and they don't support work that's done in rural communities either so i think also and this is my problem with yeah that. and a big a big part of the ndp issue in alberta was that they did not put forward a lot of things that actually spoke to the rural communities mm-hmm. um so going back to bill six uh that was a really big that was the first big issue that the ndp had so bill six put um, certain conditions. Basically, it, it meant that you had to kind of like provide, uh, you had to pay to provide different levels of support uh, and like insurance for people who came onto your farm. There were rallies across this province. It was the first thing that created issues because you were racking up the costs for people in rural communities. Right. So they, you know, I mean, in, to their credit, they 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 pulled it back and they, they said, okay, well, we'll learn from that. They should enough. have never have put it up in the first place. No, but but and what has what has been shown? I'm sorry, do they not understand the the province that they're operating in? Not in rural communities, no. 
I mean, I think then that's a problem. There, there are some. I mean, that's not necessarily fair. I guess that there are MLAs. I think who, who, or uh, former MLAs or candidates who did. But I think that they never really understood how much that fomented. Yes, fomented uh, a significant amount of of distrust for the government. Yeah. Because that I remember, those were the first big, big rallies against uh, rallies against the NDP government. Mm-hmm. Was Bill Six? Yeah, and they had to kind of come back from that a little bit, and they've never really apologized, and they've never really acknowledged it. And you know what? It would have meant a lot going into rural communities, absolutely. And saying, hey, like this sucked, and we're sorry that we did this, but this is how we want to work with you going so forward. So, can we understand? That rural communities were differently than urban and suburban communities. Yeah, and you can't just go into a rural community and say, well, I'm going to give you broadband, which, by the way, we've been promising for fucking like 15 years in this the province. The federal government has been promising broadband. And listen, every I started in the federal government 15 years ago. I know. When you were 15. Absolutely. Because you were a child worker. Obviously. And so, like... I'm just like, do you understand who you're governing? Because when I think rural, I think more of a community lens because that's how they survive, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's how they operate. And you can't parachute into rural communities. No. So you have to build that groundwork two elections out. Two. At least. Yeah. Well, Not the, one. No. And the other thing Two. is, the other thing too, is that like, I really believe that the biggest mistake that the NDP made by far was the 3% corporate tax increase. What? When they, when the NDP said that they would bring in a 3% corporate tax increase, which would Why take it from- Why did they say that? Because they are dumb. When, <laughs> From the because I wouldn't say that in this province. Like, here's the thing. Here's the thing. So, just give me give me a moment for everybody who's listening to this, being like, corporate you taxes, corporations should mute. just. I'm gonna mute. Yeah, corporate taxes, corporations. Fuck you. Um, so, I'm sorry to everyone who believes that. Uh, allow me to explain why this was a terrible idea. We are currently at eight percent. The NDP suggested going to eleven. We would still be the lowest in the country. This is true. However. Every single negative ad about the NDP from the UCP was saying they're going to tax you. They're going to take your money. They're going to drive away all of this. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. They're going to do this. Notley would have been in a much better position if she had not done that. If she had not said that because it, it confirmed for so many people what they already believed might be true. It hurt her in Calgary. It hurt her in the rural communities because understand that so many of these rural communities depend on oil and gas revenue. They depend how so on so many of them either like for example, let's just take an example. Mm-hmm. Sherwood Park, Strathcona Sherwood Park, mm-hmm. which went UCP. Mm-hmm. There are refineries just outside of Sherwood uh, Park. You know what? It's refinery row outside there. It's so my dad's an engineer. Mm-hmm. And when we lived in Alberta, he would have to drive because he used to work for Sherrit, right? Mm-hmm. And he would have to drive past Sherwood Park. So I understand. Like yeah. I get it on like a on like a childhood level because yes, like that's where it is. Yeah. Carry so- on. 
So whether or not, again, I'm not saying that it's completely fair how it's been responded to because to our listeners, uh, if anyone wants to get me a birthday present or a Christmas present, please give me a provincial sales tax in Alberta. That is what I want for the rest of my life. Please thank God. Why do you, as an Albertan, as a dirty fucking conservative bitch? Oh, she's you, had some wine, everyone. She doesn't actually think I'm dirty. I'm quite clean. I took a no, shower no, yesterday. No, 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 no. You know I love you. I love you too. You know, like we're it's, recording at Kristen's apartment, and everything is incredibly clean here. So I don't know what you're you. talking about. Thank you. Yeah. It is quite clean. No, you know what I mean. Yes, I know. You know what I mean. Why do I like want to sell like sex? like? Oh. Wait, 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 wait. Because people, people would would characterize you as that. No, as a dirty conservative, I feel like I'm a clean conservative. Well, you are Joe a Clark. well showered conservative. You are Joe um, Clark conservative, yeah, rather I mean, than I mean, yeah, a so, Pierre Polyev conservative. <laughs> um, okay, so why why do I want a sales tax? So the funny thing about a provincial sales tax in Alberta is it is the it is the third rail. You cannot talk about it. On the left, they say that it it attacks people who are marginalized. On the right, I don't know. It's gonna kill everything and murder, murder oil murder derricks too. Yeah. Oil derricks probably. Mm. Innocent little just born oil derricks are gonna die. But the thing is, is that in Alberta, we we have this very interesting dynamic where mm. everybody in this province expects the highest possible access to services and supports. We are the highest in funding for education. We are the highest in funding for healthcare. We are the highest in funding for H for income support. We fund out of the roof for these things. How do you think we pay for that? We pay for that with oil and gas revenue. Absolutely. When oil and gas goes away, how are we going to pay for that? I will tell you a sales tax. Yep. Because the GST was one of the best things Brian Mulroney ever did. Ooh, contra fucking versa. It's it stabilizes uh, our economy. Excuse me. You're an economist, you know. Of course I do. I know you agree with me. I do. I saw that sparkle in your eye. I do agree that Alberta needs a sales tax. And give it to me. <sighs> I want it so bad. Hardcore. Hardcore. Give it to me. From like here's okay well i'm gonna stop being really seductive um but <laughs> jim prentice again this is the second time we talked about him you know recipes jim prentice um jim prentice gave a speech where he told albertans that they had to look in the mirror yeah and he was one thousand percent correct and what did look in the mirror mean if you want the services that you have traditionally had in this province, you're going to have to fucking pay for them. Oh, and good. You're going oh, to have oh, 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 you mean things cost? Kristen? I know, right? Oh, things okay. cost. Okay. And yes, you know, I, 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 I can, I can already hear in my head the, you know, some progressives you know people who are listen gonna be to DMing you right oh, now. Oh <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, everybody always gets mad at me about my, my deep, deep, passionate love for sales tax, but you Look, know, everybody gets mad at you for something. Oh yeah. All the time. But people will say like, okay, well, you know, the corporate tax is it, we need to increase the corporate tax. We need to do this. We need to do that. And fine. Like we can talk about that. But until we actually have a real conversation about a provincial sales tax, like 
that is something that kind of is is across the board and it's a consumption tax and also we can do that in my opinion this is what i would like to do if you know if daniel smith wants a finance minister i can't i can't pay my own bills but you can hire me daniel um <laughs> we should increase sorry decrease individual taxes and then bring in a provincial sales tax and we would stabilize our economy like that and we wouldn't be dependent on oil which we are right now because the reality is that if oil drops the UCP for everything that everybody wants to say their budget was huge spending that was the biggest spending budget we have had in Alberta ever but i thought that conservatives were against spending not in Alberta baby no mm-hmm. We love spending. Okay, so here's what I've noticed about like far like more right conservatives than you, right? Because that, that I would think, be most of them. Yes, because I think of you as more of a centrist, moderate. Like, don't say centrist because I know you don't mean that in a loving way. No, no, no. no. <laughs> okay, I am. I am. Um, I am. You're in not the, crazy. Thank you so much hear that ex-boyfriends i am not crazy erica said so she's not crazy in fact she's smart as fuck anyway hear that teachers who failed me at gym yeah (laughs) 49 percent my ass i did fuck you bitches (laughs) i had to do that shit in summer school that was deeply unfair Failed running. <gasps> what? Yeah, whatever. She didn't like me. I asked if she was pregnant. She wasn't. It wasn't my fault. I didn't know. <laughs> I also skipped it like 50% Wait a minute. of the time. Which, which, which high school did you go to? I went to Strathcona Composite High School, bitch. You went to Strathcona? Yeah. yeah. Okay. We, yeah. Our football team beat your football team quite a bit. I was going to say, Scona and Shep, you guys are rivals. We were. Yeah, we we're definitely are. rivals. Yeah, we are. And we so did I better. So I went to Ross Shep. And and one of my one my, of my high school high, is better. Just so that no, we they, no, it wasn't. Yes, it was. We no, had a pool. We don't need because, more. Oh, because you know why your school was not better. Your eyes just got really intense. <laughs> Tell me, <laughs> because when I was in high school at Ross Shep, we started a step dancing club. Listen, I don't even know what clubs we so had. Nobody let me join means any. So what that is that we started like a dance club that does step based on, think of different, a different world, right? I love that. You know what I mean? Yes, that I dancing, mm-hmm. we did that at Shep. Mm-hmm. And we brought that in at Shep. Shit. I have a long history of this shit. Oh my god! I just realized that I'm like really, from- I'm actually really jealous because my dream in life was to meet someone who, like, he would teach me how to dance and I would teach him how to love. Ooh, like Jerry dancing or oh. um, Save the Last Dance. Oh yes, yes, yes. I want to be a white girl who kind of knows how to dance, but then not really. But then he shows <laughs> me, and then I make him not go to that gang thing where he shoots people. <laughs> And then we we fall in love and it's amazing. <gasps> Which is white supremacy movies. Anyway, Carol. <gasps> Did you just say something bad about Save the Last Dance? Did I just say white supremacy? Don't, don't, don't take my movie. Yo, you can still. 
Listen. You just okay. said it was white supremacist. Now I can't like it. No, 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 no. Listen, I watch Goodfellas over and over, and they say the N-word all the time. They do. But you know what I mean? Like, there's like... Carrie Washington's in that TV. In that yes, movie. she is. She is there in Save the Last Dance. She is in Save the Last Dance. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And the thing is, is that... Also, Julia Stiles' dancing actually sucks the whole way through. But I like Julia Stiles. <gasps> I'm sorry. But, you know, she was in the Bourne movies, so. You are a complex woman, and I, I love am. it. I just, I, am. I love, I love all about, well, at least there's, there is dirty dancing. Because yeah. in that movie, the only thing that happens is a botched abortion. Ah! <laughs> well, <laughs> if they, if she had access, then we wouldn't have this problem, would yeah. we? Yeah, you know what? There's probably some people having botched abortions right now at their little dance center for the summer. <laughs> Thanks, Roe v. Wade going away. Oh. Dirty Dancing Part 2. Boo. Sam's face is... I, I, Sam's I, face <laughs> is incredible right now. Usually when I produce things, I have a pane of glass between me and the hosts, and so no. I can mouth off the entire time. No. And so I'm just biting my tongue laughing the entire time you guys are having this discussion. Kristen and I understand each other. Okay? These are really important yeah. topics. So, Kristen. Yes. What are the positives of this election? Because I know that everybody's fucking mad. And or sorry, every progressive is fucking mad. But let's let's be honest. What did happen that was good? So, I mean, I'm biased because uh, I biased how I've worked with her and I've uh, known her for a long time. But Rhiannon Hoyle in my riding, which riding in is Edmonton that? South. OK, uh, she won and she is the first black MLA woman elected into the Alberta legislature ever. Perfect. So that is fantastic. Perfect. Um, we have Jody uh, Stonehouse Callahoo, who was elected into Edmonton Rutherford, who's the f- currently would be the only female Indigenous MLA. Uh, we previously had Pearl Callahayson, who was elected in 1989 and was uh, the first Indigenous woman ever elected in Canada into the legislature. Uh, she was MLA for 16 years in this province. She's also wow. the longest serving MLA in, in Canadian history. Wow. Um, so, so so an Indigenous woman. Yeah. And we, is, have, we have an Indigenous two-spirited man in um, Tim West Henday. Absolutely. We, like, there are a lot of really great wins. Like There's a lot of wonderful wonderful folks who have won. And honestly, I will also say that, you know, not to piss off the progressives, but one of the unfortunate things um, is that in the 49-38 seat count that we're looking at, so 49 for the UCP, 38 for the NDP. um, Uh, Is that the seat count? Because I heard 53. No, that's the seat count now because over the overnight and there was quite a few votes. There are two uh, Calgary, Acadia and Calgary Glenmore that are currently going to a recount because okay. you have to go to a recount under a certain amount. And but Taylor Shandro. Tyler, so Tyler Shandro lost. By, by seven. Six, by seven. By seven s- or six or seven votes. Six yeah. or seven votes. But wow. so I do want to say that a lot of people are celebrating some of those losses in Calgary. I really like Tyler Shandro as a person. I know that a lot of people had issues with some of the things that happened with Tyler. I'm sorry. No, 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 Let me finish. No, no, no. let me finish. Tyler Shandro, Jason Copping, 
um, Jeremy Nixon, quite a few of the seats lost in Calgary. Those are the UCP seats. Yes. Those are moderate progressive conservative seats. Are you fucking kidding me? Tyler Shandra's a progressive conservative. He was progressive conservative. We grew up around the party at the exact same time. He's a PCer. So who is Jason Copping? So is Jeremy Nixon. So Jeremy Nixon's a little bit more wild rose, but he's pretty moderate. And what is the difference between the PC and the the UCP and the wild rose? Uh, I would say that for the moderate conservatives who lost their seats, the majority of them were more socially moderate. Uh, Tyler Shandra certainly is. There's been a lot of issues that I don't want to get into right now. Yeah. We can talk about it on a different podcast or on Tyler. Sure. But um, he he's he's an old school PCer. He's socially moderate and he's, you know, I mean, he's fiscally conservative or whatever. So the problem being with this is that now in Alberta, we have very few progressive conservative voices at the table. And we have a lot of rural voices that are extremely conservative. Uh-huh. Because if you're going to look at people like Tyler and Jason Copping. And, and why are they extremely conservative? I mean, rural conservative voices always have been. Like these yeah. are the old school wild rose ridings, right? right? Like you look at a lot of these people, like we unfortunately have um Chelsea but maybe it goes Potomac. back to that Bill Six that you were talking about, it, right? But and it, that approach but it, to yes, governing, into, right? To an extent, but it also just speaks that's different to in more, Alberta, right? A more socially conservative view that rural Albertans have, like okay. for example, Dan Williams, in um, who was one of the first seats to be called. So Dan Williams is up north. I can't remember his exact writing off the top of my head. Um, Dan Williams was the one who brought in a private member's bill about conscience rights, which was trying to uh, give doctors the right to refuse abortion care and, mm-hmm. if, and refuse uh, MAID yeah. and uh, a couple other things. Dan Williams is uh, very, 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 very socially conservative. Right. He actually used to work for Jason Kenney. Thanks, Jason. Uh, um, socially and, conservative. And, you know, so someone like that. Did right? I? I feel like. I'm like, maybe I shouldn't say this, but I will. I love it when you start a sentence that way because I know I'm about to have to apologize to five different people. No, you're not going to have to apologize to five different people. So Jason Kenny, I've met Jason Kenny a few times. We've talked about how much we both like Jason Kenny personally when we met him. Jason Kenny, you're going to have to apologize to people in your DMs. No, fuck off. Like. <laughs> Like, I'm sorry, do they know about Alberta more than I do? No, and I like, grew up in this fucking province. Okay? And everybody knows that it, it, at the end of the day, like what Jason Kenny was trying to, to stop with the party mm-hmm. is what has very much taken over certain segments of the party. Right. You know, the lunatics have taken over the asylum type analogy. Okay, but do you think that this is a product of the amalgamation of yeah, 100%. So tell us about how you see the amalgamation of the UCP party from Wild Rose, progressive conservative consolidated under Jason Kenney. How did that affect this election? So I'm going to just go back in time a little bit. That's uh, what you're here for. I was an old school PCer back in the day when uh, they merged with... Uh, 
with the Reform Party, with the wild, you know, when we when we all the Canadian Alliance. Um, so I said, but I think that what is important to understand is that when the Conservative Party and the Alliance merged, I was very against it, obviously because it was not nice to my Joe Clark. So I don't like anything that is negative to him. But I was against it because I really worried that the. That Do you the, know I wish for the Joe Clark PC right now? A lot of people do. You didn't appreciate it when you had it in 1970 in 1980. Oh, I wasn't at elected. I wasn't alive. Okay. But anyway, the point being that um, we were always worried that the right piece of the party, because they were better organized, they yeah. were better, they had better people, they, the volunteers were better. Why like, is that, Kristen? Because when you're mad, you're better. Yeah, but progressive, progressives are mad and they're not better. I don't think that, no, but like, no offense. I'm sorry. No, progressives. no, no, get, no. I'm about to charge but them But they jail. get mad, but then they're just like, well, I'm going to get mad, so I'm just going to tweet about it, but I'm yeah. not going to actually do anything about okay. it. Okay, exactly. Okay, so this is my problem with progressives, and I've tweeted this, so it's it shouldn't be... Any question to anybody, okay? First of all, let me just say, I don't believe in political linearity mm-hmm. because political line- linearity implies a constant. And there are certain issues, there are certain, and we're in different times, so you have to evolve, right? Yep. And therefore... Here's my problem with the ND, with the Alberta NDP. They try to be Danielle Smith light. And that is my problem. All I saw from Rachel Notley was not her boning up her climate change issue, like her climate change bona fides. There's fucking wildfires in this province and she didn't bring up climate change. I'm sorry. I have a problem with Rachel Notley at this point. I'm I'm going to re- I'm going to be real, okay? Oh. Number 1. She sold out her principles. <sighs> yeah. I'm going to fucking say it. I wasn't ready for this this Rachel Notley slander. Not that you're not right, but I just I didn't prepare yeah, there. Yeah, no because notes. you th- because people think that I'm just a progressive and I'm like I'm not anything. What I am is... That's your dating profile. You're fucking right. That's my dating profile. <laughs> and and the reason is, the reason I'm not anything is because I'm a dynamic person. So, for example... Wait, you 20- mean that two ideas can exist in your head at one wow. time? Wow. Like, two ideas are not mutually exclusive? Wow. Uh, that is... You know what, Erica? That's not acceptable. Get off the podcast. Fuck Go, you. Yeah. This is rude. Fuck you. That's, anyway. I'm going to... Now I'm going to be very upset. My white okay. woman tears are going to fill up multiple cups for you. I, I'm i going to give it to you as a <laughs> they gift. They better not be salty. Okay? They're always salty. I eat a lot of salt. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All this to say... That this is my problem with Rachel Notley. Number one, she ran away from her stance before. Number two, why didn't she bring up climate change where it's a fucking wildfire issue, right? That is displacing people. Why didn't she talk about that? 
You know exactly why. I know exactly why, but it disgusts me. Real talk. I mean, realer talk. It disgusts me. Okay. And so Rachel Notley went from reasonable to PC. That blue outfit that she had really fucking bothers me because (laughs) no, 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 no. No, you're not wrong. Like fashion is an indicator of purpose. That's what people don't understand. Mm -hmm. They think that fashion because of misogyny is just a woman's outlet for like, for like, oh, unserious things. Go fuck yourself. Fashion is a multi-billion dollar industry, and I'm guessing that it overtakes sports. I learned how to take it seriously from Devil Wears Prada because there is a scene where they talk about a belt. And you know what? You who you need to read: Robin Givan of the Washington Post, excellent fashion analyst. I think. I think the thing that I think is interesting is that um, it's this: who's more like who's more of a progressive conservative, like. Which is the game that the NDP played. The attempt. But this is my problem with with the the NDP, you know. Yeah, people like you and people to the left, like that doesn't fucking Why would I turn out for the NDP Mm -hmm. if they're not even talking about climate? So I'm wondering now how much of the NDP base stayed home? That's my question, right? I because think, she did not rally for her base. I will tell you. She uh, yeah. wanted to become a, da- a PC light because yep. that's what NDP provincial politicians do. I will tell they you. Tra- that, yep. uh, uh, oh. They track to the right. She put her you're, finger at me. Just you're so going to love this. That's why. I'm okay. Waiting. I'm waiting. I'm giving you yes. love. Good. Anyway. This is my problem. Mm-hmm. She tracked to the right and didn't bring people along with her. Mm-hmm. And that is what, sorry, that is what people do. That is what the NDP does all the fucking time. And they leave us in the lurch. The people who are fighting for rights, the activists that involve the NDP, um, that really take to heart NDP values are are abandoned by the NDP. Yeah, and I'll just say on that point. And um, that is not only provincial, it's fucking federal. Oh, we yeah, you and I agree on, on Jugmeet Singh being useless. Jugmeet um, Singh needs a fucking No, they need a leadership. They they need to get him out. I'm sorry. And at the end but of the day, how will he afford his his like very fancy suits and his watches? Erica? He needs to just be a fucking TikTok influencer. Done the story. Jugmeet Singh is not serious. People, let's be real. Okay, I'm just gonna be real because I've had wine. Okay, Jugmeet Singh sided. With white supremacy and misogyny, when Sashi Cold asked about Bill 21 mm-hmm. and the discrimination in Quebec, which was the right thing to do, it was the right thing to do to bring up on that podcast. Yep. And he cited with he sided with white supremacy and misogyny in 
condoning her. When Sachi Cole asked that question about Bill 21, I was like, yes, we're mm-hmm. finally getting this on record. But see, and, and not only on record, but we can see clips about this. Yeah. And Jagmeet Singh fucked her. And I will just say. You need say, to stop saying they fucked her. Like, I think. No, no, no. Um, fucked her over. There we go. Because otherwise, it's just very unclear. Yeah. Well, he fucked her over. And I don't respect somebody who fucks over their own. Yeah. Because see, be- see, do you see how much better it sounds when you say fucked over their own? Because if you said, I don't respect someone who fucks their own, that would have been a whole other podcast. Yo. I just assume that Fox means... Oh, yeah. It's contextual. Language is contextual. I'm really sad you didn't laugh at my very obviously hilarious joke. Because I got it. Then why didn't you laugh? (laughs) Give me some goddamn praise, Jesus. Didn't I laugh at your other shit? Yeah, because it's all funny. That's why. (laughs) Anyway, I think that what is important to understand also about this election is the get out the vote piece. So there was a lot of people who were like, oh, why is Stephen Harper doing an endorsement? Why is Pierre Polyev doing an endorsement? You know what? You know why they did an endorsement? Because that got people out on the on, out to vote. The UCP were so much better at getting their vote out, their base out, and the people that they needed to go out to the doors. But who does Rachel Notley have? Exactly. Because she, she doesn't have, because, because she I wouldn't just be explained... Jagmeet Singh is not the person you want to have in Alberta. But you're wrong in a way because you're coming at it from a progressive perspective of why it's bad. Oh, excuse me. A conservative perspective of why it's bad. Can you imagine if Justin Trudeau had endorsed Rachel Donnelly? She would have lost half the seat she just won. Absolutely. That's a toxic brand here. Singh is too. And she's distanced herself from him so much. So the problem is is she had no heavy hitters. Like what? She's going to get fucking Ed Broadband to come in and be like. But what about Horgan? In Alberta? We fought with him and she like had a wine ban with him because he wouldn't give us our pipeline. She is in a very precarious position. David uh, Eby, same thing. And actually, oh, tell me about David Eby. Ironically, David Eby actually agrees with Danielle Smith on policy more than he does with Notley. So Notley was in a position. So the NDP is full of shit. She should have gotten. Do you remember when they had like a hologram of like Tupac Shakur at some like concert? No, I she, don't. F- what? Yeah, maybe it's a white person thing, but it happened. And I feel like she should have like a like a Tommy Douglas hologram. Absolutely. Or maybe Kiefer Sutherland. Bring him out. What the fuck's he doing? He's I don't know. not doing 24. And no, he's not doing designated, designated survivor. So bring him out. Like get Tommy Douglas, maybe even Donald Sutherland in the background to be like, yes, Kiefer, but yes. But what do you make about the close Calgary ridings? Because let me just say, my parents live in Calgary Boat. Yes, they live in Calgary Boat. Yeah. I don't know why I had to clarify that for you. I don't know. But they live in Calgary Boat. The NDP lost Calgary Boat by 385 votes. And why do you think? And it was close. Well, according to your very uh, uh, displeased mother, it's because she didn't see hide nor hair of the NDP candidate because they probably took that riding completely for granted. Okay, so let me talk, talk about Drew. 
So Drew Farrell and Demetrius Nicolaitis were in con are in in a contest for Calgary Bow. And Calgary Bow is basically West Hills and the Bow the Bow Trail Road goes straight into downtown. Right? It's on a hill. Usually you're on a hill. You're not in Bow Ness which is um, at the Valley area. So Calgary Bow did not experience the flooding in 2011 that Bow Ness did because they're on a hill. Yes, my parents live on a hill. What can I say? Black, like they did that. Anyway. Um, you don't have to apologize for that. No, man. I'm not fucking apologizing for that. They work their ass off to get there. Fuck that. They don't eat out at all. They make their own salads. They damn well don't eat out. They should eat hardcore. out. hardcore. They should eat out more. No, we do eat out sometimes. By the way, I just want to make this. I I hope this gets. By the way, I hope this gets included, Sam. I think we need a by the way jar. Every time Erica says by the way, you got to put a loony We also it. need to clear the finish this up a little yeah. bit. Okay, yes. By the way. Calgary's culinary scene is much better than Toronto's. I only, you know what? If the only clip we use for the podcast ever is that, I would just, I would use that several times no, over. Because no, you don't no, understand. No, no. We need this. We no, need no, no, this. No. Say no. it again. Say it again. Yo, I have Say the best fried chicken and waffles that I've ever had. Has been not in Atlanta, but in. Fucking Calgary. Okay, um, I'm just gonna. Second no, no, no. Of- I have to get in here. I would like for you, please, uh, as you are going to be in Edmonton, go to Northern Chicken. Northern Chicken. Go to Northern Chicken. I will it is do. the best. Northern goddamn- Chicken. Best. This I will meet your- you there. It is an easy walk from my house. It is the best Northern fried Chicken, chicken is you will ever have. <laughs> seriously, you have to have yeah. Northern Chicken. Oh, yeah. Northern Chicken is so good. Oh my god! But get their mustard chicken. Also, Northern Chicken when they say spicy, they mean it. They do. Oh, like, yeah. It's be, not like be aware. Of it's their not spicy. like Ontario. Sponsor well, us. It's not like Ontario where spicy means nah, a little salty. Anyway, you're sweating if you have spicy Northern Chicken. I'm yeah, gonna Northern Chicken. Please that. sponsor us. We love you very much, and your chicken is delightful. Oh, is it ever? Uh, we just talked about us, you. We d- yeah. So as we wind this up. I think that it is important to point out that a lot of people in Calgary have lost their seats. The NDP have gone to 14 seats in Cal- in Calgary, which is bananas. Excuse me, but how, okay, what was the seat count in 2019 in Calgary? Three for the NDP. <gasps> oh, so maybe they're tracked to the right work. They, I mean. Well, I mean, it did in terms of unseating a lot of, unfortunately, here's the other thing. Like, I, I think I, I alluded to this before. I'm just going to say it again. Um, I know a lot of people were really excited to see the results in Calgary because they're NDP supporters, and I'm not saying they're wrong. However, what we, what we have ended up with now, and this is a discussion for the next pod. Absolutely. Is a caucus that is dominated by rural voices. And is dominated by more conservative, more social conservative views. A lot of moderates in Calgary have lost. 
we have lost a lot of more progressive conservative, old school progressive conservative voices. So what, the, what does that say about the polarity? I think it says that we have a very polarized system at the moment. I think that we and clearly that, have. And that that extends across the country, by the way. It absolutely does. And I yeah. think that Pierre Polyev is watching this election very closely. Absolutely. Um, if he's smart, which I'm not sure about, Justin <laughs> Trudeau is also watching this election very closely. Look, I'm not sure that either of them is smart. No, I just think Pierre Polyev is a little bit more tuned in given who the uh, campaign manager for the Smith campaign was. Which was who? Uh, his name is Steve Outhouse. So, oh, this is what I want to ask you about. Is it about why Steve Outhouse has a terrible name, even though he's a very successful campaign manager and he should probably well, change it to like Steve bathroom outside. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Steve. You're a okay. very nice man. I like you. Okay. I'm sorry. See, here's my question. Is Pierre Polyev, I call Pierre Polyev the rebate Ron DeSantis. And the reason is, it's not that he's as crazy as Ron DeSantis. That's not what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. But it is that Pierre Polyev seems to be trying to rebake Canada into Alberta. And Canada's not Alberta. Canada loves their their fucking shit, discrimination, whatever, whatever, with Brienne Chambly. They don't like hot sauce fucking discrimination. I will, I will say that I don't I don't think that he's trying to turn Canada into Alberta because I think that that uh, gives into a stereotype of our province that is not correct. What I think that he is trying to do is he is trying to bring in U.S. style politics into Canada. Um, and because, how, did that, how does that differ because from what the, I said? Because Albert, in the Alberta election, woke, woke, like the woke narrative or whatever she's, that, she's that quote, never came she's up quoting that people. never came up it's true not you're once. right you're social right. issues like the only time social issues came up is when there were a few ucp candidates who said ridiculous shit one especially said very hateful things daniel smith punted her so anyway my my only my last point on this is that i think that it's more about bringing in this american ideology that P- polyev is focused on but daniel smith has not ah. there is not daniel smith has has avoided social issues and you know why because she's a libertarian libertarian oh the gateway to fascism what me that is not a fair assessment is it not though no because i think li- libertarians as okay canadian libertarians ah. Not bananas, American libertarian. Ah, maybe that's where because Danielle Smith's perspective has been since 2012. Since before 2012, she's pro-choice because she doesn't think it's anybody's business. She's pro-LGBTQ. She doesn't think it's anybody's business. She's a residential school denier, though. That is not a libertarian thing. That's her own stupidity. Okay, but and I the- also want to point out mm-hmm. that I feel like Danielle Smith is a product of her time in Alberta. She's a product of going to the University of Calgary. Don't go there, everybody. Um, I got my master's. What? I got my master's from there. But... Well, you were, at least you didn't learn from Tom Flanagan, no, which she I did. No, I learned from a Spanish um, economist who was all about equity. Uh, you know what? In my dreamland, I like to think about you learning economy. Economy, that's not what it's called. 
economics from like Stephen Harper, who also got his economics degree from University of Calgary. So like, I can't yeah, think of I two people more different, different ones. Yeah, that, that's surprising, Erica. <laughs> okay, so I think at, now that we're getting to the end, also uh, for the audience, my wait, father has shown wait. up. Yes, your dad is here. I feel like at this point, we're going to end the podcast before my father starts speaking of all of his former lovers. But we can use it at the end. We could make a different podcast. (laughs) All right, everybody. Um, Next week, we are not having a podcast. We're not having massages of the week, but we we will resume that for our paying listeners give us some money please so i just want to say um we do a lot of work on this podcast i would love if you all signed up and paid your seven dollars a month so let's break this down so starbucks has upped their grande to six something right that's round that off and that's seven bucks a month so one literally one Starbucks grande will give you access to everything on this pod. We're going to start a newsletter and yeah, I think you'd want that. And if it helps uh, anyone, if I'm just going to give you a little guilt trip, my couch currently, um, it's about to die. I mean, it's 10 years old, but like, there's like if a dog sits on it, it's going to break. My dad is being very rude and making like a f- fake violin thing right now. But I mean, the same one they use for Toronto um, condo owners <laughs> who yeah. want to rent it out. So, I mean, if you want to be on our if you want to subscribe, you want to be part no, of this. Not if you want to subscribe, subscribe. subscribe so that you could help me get a new couch because it's very and pathetic at this are point. Are you all going to? Honestly, let a black woman do free work for nothing, or or a or a privileged white lady, because we have been traditionally very underserved. And <laughs> I think I think we need our own help as well. Obviously, yeah. Like but I'm like the- shit, Roy. Give me some stuff, please. By the way, the NDP Rachel Notley is shit, Roy. <gasps> She's what? We're gonna talk about that. Another time. Yes! But only if you subscribe. So subscribe to Bad and Bitchy, www.badandbitchy.com. Sign up. You get awesome feminist politics. Politics by women. Like, come on. And uh, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Bye. Bye. My bitch is bad and bullshit. Okay. No, no, I don't want to like. No, no, no. It's, I don't like, want to fuck you. No, no. Yeah. But you're right. We were super urban. Actually, I think I you don't want to fuck you. Should be the cold open. <laughs> That's true. I like this. I don't want to fuck you. Four nineteen. Okay. <laughs> Over. <laughs> How Erica welcomes new people to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs>